This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, helping the people of the world to live healthy lives. Welcome, everyone. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. Hormones. We all have them, and we need them to be in balance in order to live a fun, healthy, and vibrant life. That being said, we sometimes need to put some effort into keeping them in balance. Is it possible to do so without the use of synthetic hormones? And what are some of the more natural, alternative approaches to keeping hormones balanced? Joining me today is Julie Amar. She is a registered traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, and we will be discussing the use of acupuncture and TCM to help with hormonal fluctuation. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Dr. Claudia. Thank you for having me. I hope you are having a happy and healthy hormonal week. Always, always. With all of your advice, there is no way I wouldn't be. Um, and everybody knows that I've been talking a lot about hormones lately, probably because I'm in the age group where I want to keep up my energy, I want to feel vibrant, and I want to be healthy for many, many years. So how do hormones help us do that? Why is it important to always keep them in check? Well, it's a great topic to discuss because I have so many patients that come in with specific imbalances and ailments, and we can almost always trace it back to some sort of a hormonal issue. And when we get more of that information out there by educating our patients, by saying that, you know, let's look at the reasons you're having these issues and make hormones a priority, they begin to see those types of positive results. And they're always surprised to learn that hormones do a lot more than just regulate things like our menstrual cycles and, and situate things regardless with our um, reproductive system. I mean, hormones basically signal our body to tell it what to do, when to do with everything from metabolism and our emotions and mood and sleep and even blood pressure. I mean, there's so much to be said about the importance of why we should take the time to learn about our hormones for optimal living. And the main areas that I would look at with patients are, you know, estrogen and progesterone, like the big ones for, you know, menstruation, melatonin, the big one for sleep regulation, uh, dopamine and serotonin for mood regulation, and then the big one, which is the stress hormone known as cortisol. Yes, the big, big one known as cortisol. Everybody's so afraid of cortisol. And when we hear estrogen and progesterone, all women go into like panic mode because it's such a fine balance and like the scales constantly tipping one way or the other can really wreak havoc on our health, our well-being. According to TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, what are some of the things that we can do to maintain or manage our hormones? The easiest and most simple answer I can give you, Dr. Claudia, avoid stress. We want to be able to get better at being able to utilize techniques that we do in our daily life to better adapt to change because really that's what stress is. Stress is the body trying to come back to a base of homeostasis. What can we do to bring the body back to balance? Anytime there's a change to routine, change to structure, that becomes becomes a form of stress, and that can lead to those types of imbalances. Chinese medicine is there to teach people the principles of how to live in the natural rhythms with your immediate environment, because we don't want to go against it. We want to work with the ebbs and flows of what is going on throughout the day so we can make balance a priority. And if I could say anything above anything else, sleep is absolute king when it comes to hormonal balance. I can't tell you how often we're seeing these types of sleep imbalances that could just 
be addressed if we provide a little bit more hormonal support or vice versa. If there's really good hormonal balance, we're going to have a really good night's sleep. Sleep is the time when all of our hormones are being synthesized. And again, going to sleep at an optimal time, 1030, no later than that, can be very helpful. Having restorative sleep and waking up refreshed in the morning will do so much because it'll already start you off on a good part of the day and you won't be having higher levels of your cortisol, your stress hormone working against you. And then all of that also combines with just working on other forms of self-preservation, like having, again, more of that throughout the day and breaking it up as opposed to just trying to like, you know, go 100 miles an hour throughout the whole day and then wait until 10 o'clock at night to breathe. I love that you talk about sleep as being such an important part of our health and well-being because I'm a huge advocate. Everybody knows I talk about this all the time. So I feel sorry for the listeners who hear me complain about people who don't sleep enough. Um, it is the time of the day in our lives where we can restore balance. But the problem is when you're already at a point where you're not sleeping well and sleeping enough, this is where acupuncture can step in and kind of give you a helping hand. Am I correct? If a patient will come in and they'll have some of their main issues that might have a secondary effect that we see is coming from hormonal issues, like let's say menstrual irregularities, you know, the first thing I'm trying to address and work on and get more information about is the quality of the sleep. Because what happens is, is that if you tend to stay up later at night, if your screen time is something that's also keeping you up later at night, that's already working against you because the blue light is blocking the receptors that's supposed to be producing melatonin. And melatonin is what we need to activate a proper sleep-wake cycle. And there's already so many things that people are exposed to throughout the day and now nighttime that's actually inhibiting what that natural balance is supposed to be. So we're kind of sort of working against the grain at that point. I'll tell patients, you know what, I think 6 o'clock p.m. is a good cutoff for screen time. Well, then they have excuses about needing to do extra work or having to do things on social media. It's a seven-minute rule. Seven minutes, scroll, and then that is it because you don't want to give any more of that exhaustive energy to something that will be taking away from you that you need to have at night. Think about really good nighttime routines, ritualistic habits that allow you to have a good night's sleep. Focusing on reading a book or taking a warm bath or putting your legs up on the wall, any of those things to help to basically cut out what the rest of the day was in terms of the constant, you know, fight or flight, because that's the thing that we're basically battling. We can't avoid stress. It happens in our daily lives. But that's the key right there is that it happens daily. So it's a matter of how we're going to come down off of that high to allow our body to return back to homeostasis. So we're not disrupting that hormonal balance. Now, when it comes to traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture, I think one of the things that's important to note for listeners is that whether a person presents to you with a specific hormonal question or a specific problem like lack of sleep or, or you know, um, menstrual cycle irregularities, I think it's important for listeners to know that as a traditional Chinese acupuncturist, 
you need to start from somewhere. And it's always like backtracking. Am I right about that? It's always going back to the basics and simplifying, right? Like a lot of times patients will think that they need to add all of these new things into the routine, right? They figure the more I put in, the more it's going to work. So I always say, let's strip it down, strip it down and look at like the priorities. What is happening in the morning when you wake up? Do you have a routine? Do you make it a point to not look at a screen for the first hour of the morning? I often suggest that because when you are looking at a screen first thing in the morning, you're telling your brain to stay distracted and you're now initiating higher amounts of cortisol. And that's pretty much going to dictate what your day is. And I don't know about you, Dr. Claudia, but I like my mornings to be sort of like a gentle a rising type of sensation, you want to maintain that balance by saying, okay, from 7 a.m. in the morning till say three o'clock in the afternoon is kind of like your high time. It's the time to do all of your strenuous physical and mental work. But by three o'clock in the afternoon, there's a shift happening. Our organ systems are already starting to sort of tail down a little bit. And we're supposed to be moving into more of those restorative activities in the second half of the day. And that's where most people are missing the beat. Because you have these conveniences that are teaching everyone, you know, it's easier for me to do emails at 8 o'clock at night because it's just right there. It's in front of me. It's accessible, right? Instead of having those healthy boundaries and realizing that even though what's perceived as a convenience, it might not be the healthiest thing for you. And and that's a really good point. It is so easy to stay tuned into everything else and not tuned into what our body really needs and wants. And I think naturally, if you pay attention, your body is telling you, because I know myself, if it's 5 p.m., I'm like really kind of slowing down naturally. I'm trying to like preserve the little bit of energy that I have left. And I'm really trying to like be in a meditative state, trying to relax my body. It's about creating a balance for your body and doing that with the use of acupuncture. When we're doing treatments, especially treatments on a regular basis, a lot of the feedback I'll get from patients is, you know, there was a time where, you know, it's eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. I would try to get myself ready for bed and I'd get this second wind. And I I would think, no, that's the last thing we want at eight o'clock at night. (laughs) The thing is, is that by, you know, helping to build on those types of routines later in the day, it gets them to sort of rethink, you know, what they perceived was something that they should be doing, right? Trying to be able to show that, you know, stress is something to be proud of and being tired and wired at nighttime almost becomes that concept. Like they've become so used to trying to go to sleep, but just can't go to sleep. And they don't really understand why until we start discussing okay, you're going against the grain with those areas where we're seeing the cortisol is spiking because you're actually giving yourself and your body that stimulation in your immediate environment throughout the day. Another thing that I also see is that when you spend the day giving to others, like you're constantly giving to needs of others, there's so much of that runoff at the end of the day where you've got this energy that had nowhere to go. And it's almost like at nighttime, the moment you sit still, it's like your body just goes, okay, now's the time to do everything when you could have been taking beats throughout the day to sort of feed that. So by the end of the day, all of those areas would have been served. If there's a 
other things that you want to include, try using a weighted blanket as well. The DPS, the deep uh, pressure stimulation, is so soothing. It's so calming. And it's especially helpful, I find, for patients that almost will say that they physically feel uncomfortable at night because they feel like this buzz. They still have this buzz going on. And it's, you know, it's the adrenaline that's trying to run off, right? So what's a good way of running it off is by doing something that'll give you this sense of calm and security and protection. And I, and I like the idea. I also encourage a weighted blanket. And I like the idea of trying to, you know, stay within the parameters of what our organs are telling us to do, because there is a 24 hour cycle for a reason. And that leads me to my next question. So how does that all tie in with the yin and yang concept in uh, traditional Chinese uh, medicine? My patients, they hear me talk about yin and yang all the time. And I find that it's really helpful to, again, always sort of break it down and try to make it as simple as possible. Um, you know, we've heard about yin and yang being like the perfect balance, right? When the two are in this state, they'll always sort of help to um, take care of the other. So if one goes up, the other will go down to accommodate. If one goes down, the other will go up. So the difference between yin and yang is that the yin is the feminine part, right? The yin is meant to slow, to have a nourishing, restorative, and calming effect. Yin is gentle. And women really rely on having large amounts of the yin to help promote better hormonal function. And majority of the time when we have those hormonal imbalances is because that yin is very deficient. It's drained. Why? Because there's too much yang. Yang is the opposite. It's the male counterpart. It's the fire, it's the movement, it's the chi. It's basically your fight or flight response. Most of the time throughout the day, people are used to being in that really strong yang active state and they're forgetting about the yin. When we are dealing with the hormonal components, the yin and the yang also reflect progesterone and estrogen. So again, yin being progesterone, like the yin feminine part, and then yang is like the estrogen. It's like the part that's always like moving, moving, moving. Now, if you have high amounts of stress, what happens is if the cortisol hormone will block your progesterone receptors. So that means your body is getting this hierarchy of yang energy, but not enough of the yin because stress is basically drowning that out. So what I like to look at is getting an understanding if there is some menstrual irregularities. Are we having any PMS issues? Um, what was the history of fertility, conception, pregnancy, postpartum, recovery? Where are we in the map with regards to perimenopause? and menopause, right? And once I have a really good picture of that, we're really sourcing the regulation of that from the kidneys. The kidneys in Chinese medicine basically is the source of yin and yang. It's known as the source of life, the jing, the essence. It dictates everything from our very first period to our last and everything else after that with regards to any kind of hormonal production. And then secondary to that, there's also a lot of focus on the liver and the gallbladder organs in Chinese medicine, which is basically the yin and yang pairing within that, that has a really huge effect with balancing gonadotrophin-releasing hormones. When we don't have yin and yang in balance, we intuitively know it. Yes, 100%. And it's almost like your body will, will scream it to you, right? Like there'll be all of this information that's being fed to the surface of your body. And, you know, hormones and more specifically like menstrual cycles is a really good example. It's a great barometer for having that check-in right? Like having a continuous check-in is basically telling you of whether or not your body is requiring a little bit more help on one end than on the other. I really, really focus on my yin and yang, and I think everyone should as well. 
when we come back, herbs and nutrition for balancing hormones according to traditional Chinese medicine. This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 1059 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Julie and I were discussing yin and yang and how the fine balance between the two is important for our hormonal balance. So yang being the very feminine, nurturing, calming, and yang being the fight or flight response to everything. We really want to keep that in balance. Now, Julie, when it comes to night sweats and hot flashes, what is the deal? Because I hear so many women complaining about those. I have yet to experience one myself. But how does TCM help keep them in control? Do I ever come across this with patients? It is, uh, again, it is it is so common. And I think we should also uh, just give a little bit of a little bit of respect to the fact that men also get hot flashes. I mean, men tend to run hot. But just to get back to, uh, you know, women and how amazing uh, we happen to be, what's happening with the night sweats in Chinese medicine is that there's basically a, a diminishing amount of that, that pool in the kidney and energy known as the essence. And once that starts to diminish over time, it will inflect things like a yin deficiency, and that will promote things like hot flashes and night sweats. So the the focus is to work on sort of building that up, but more so to do some work ahead of time before it becomes completely depleted. So I'll have patients in like over the age of 50, 55, and they're still sort of anticipating like when's menopause going to start? And I'm thinking, you know, we're putting things together right now to benefit fit you. So we're slowing that aging process. So it's not going to be rushed. If you happen to have it, once you get to that point, it'll be very minimal, right? Like oftentimes patients will report back to me and they're like, oh, I had it like, you know, a total of two times over the last three months. And then that was it. Like we really want this to be a gentle inflection and a gentle transition as opposed to being something where you have to hate it, right? Like I want women to embrace it because again, when the night sweat and hot flashes happen, it's, it's a way of being able to say, oh, there's some hormonal stuff going on. Let's take care of it before it gets out of hand. And please be aware, ladies, burnout and overworking and having too much caffeine, still the top things that'll speed up the process of you getting to things like issues with hot flashes and night sweats. And I agree with that. And I find that when we make those few modifications, very simple things that you can easily do, it really does help women, um, experience fewer dramatic symptoms and we do get through this you know natural phase in our lives a little bit uh with with a bit more ease and i find that that really helps when it comes to the perimenopausal symptoms the one that i hear about a lot that doesn't get discussed often is um the sensation or or uh the feeling that someone is anxious anxiety is the big one and as we're talking about yin and yang, we're learning, and I'm sure everybody's figured out that it's that imbalance between the yin and the yang. But is that a common symptom? And can just focusing on doing some traditional Chinese medicine um, treatments or acupuncture, can that really help with that feeling of anxiety? 
having an acupuncture treatment helps to alleviate this issue almost immediately. And it extends into years after having issues that may or may not be related to hormonal imbalance. So, you know, the first, you know, response the body has is when we're doing the treatment is that it's the acupuncture is helping to stimulate the part of the brain um, that really encourages the production of these feel-good hormones while reducing the stress hormones like cortisol. So again, that's that sounds like the yin and the yang, right? Cortisol is kind of like the yang and we're creating things like endorphins and serotonin which is the yin so we can't necessarily you know control the eventual shift that happens with reproductive hormones but again like doing the work to actively relieve states of anxiety and anxiousness and agitation um, I find is really helpful for preventing the anxiety especially when the hormonal fluctuations kick in I find if you're already coming from a state of calm you won't be so resistant resistant to feeling some of those physical changes because if you become resistant to the physical changes it'll feed the anxiety so the two of them kind of go hand in hand right and i think that's a really really important point and that's one that we need to drive home that some they go they coincide like they they there is a linear relationship so if your hormones are out of check your anxiety is going to go up and vice versa so it's really important to understand that we can balance both. And if we have to backtrack and figure out where the anxiety started, if you're feeling burnt out, if you're overwhelmed, we need to eliminate certain things from our lives and add these good tips and get your regular acupuncture treatments. A hundred percent. And I will say this, it's not just for women, it's for men too. Everybody benefits, right? And here, you know, if we just look at one part of a person's routine that can be off, it can still show areas of improvement and making a very happy home and a very happy existence. And I'll go back to things like having a good night's sleep. If everyone's having a good night's sleep, everyone in the household is waking up in a pretty good mood. And you don't have your cortisol levels constantly spiking you don't have these mood imbalances because this way you're coming from a place of strength. And as you're doing work with acupuncture treatments in Chinese medicine, it's cumulative. So over time, it always gets a little bit better and better and better. It's kind of like storing things up in a savings account, right? So we might as well build into those stores as opposed to those stores constantly being taxed and trying to play catch up. And so when you're having regular treatments, as I, and I do, I have regular acupuncture treatments because I find that it just helps with all of the above, everything we discussed. So you can always regroup and reframe what you're working on. So, you know, maybe in the first little while you're trying to get the sleep back and then you're trying to balance. So I find that every time there's always something different that we can focus on in traditional Chinese medicine and the acupuncture. And that helps to create that full on balance and get that chi flowing properly. Every time a patient is having a treatment, whether it's somebody who's been coming in for, you know, three weeks or someone that's been coming in for three years, I am always doing a reassessment because treatments like this comes with a lot of flexibility and it's based on the patient's constitution and their current needs. And, you know, I'm sure you could probably um, agree to this, Dr. Claudia, but again, throughout the pandemic, you're probably seeing um, a very common amount of certain stress disorders that was happening as a result of people dealing with the changes. And more of that was becoming the forefront. So then the focus was shifting to those areas as opposed to maybe coming back to the original reason why they started treatments in the first place, which might have been for something like, you know, low back pain or a herniated disc or a pinched nerve. So the thing is, is that, you know, we want to sort of 
eventually get the body to a state of where it can have maintenance. So, you know, maintenance can be coming once a month or once a season, you know, just as a way of being able to reset and remind the body how to come back to balance and homeostasis. And I agree with that. And I believe that we can uh, mature gracefully. I don't like to use the word aging because it's not what we're doing. We're maturing and we are constantly creating new versions of ourselves. And that's how I like to look at this. You know, even the hormonal fluctuations that happen in women naturally at a certain age, I feel like it's natural. It's beautiful. You're creating a new version of yourself that's probably like you're going from a 2.5 to a 3.0 and you're going to be better every time you change. How can TCM help us level up and be engaged in this beautiful process? Well, you know, two things. First of all, um, when we think about a woman's uh, change over time and growth over time, um, it's really considered the second spring, which is kind of like this rite of passage. It's a really beautiful way to honor um, the distinction of what women are, are going through at that point in time. Just like having your first period, we should have a period party. I think we should also have like the menopause party. I think like, again, it's like another thing to celebrate. Um, and we also look at, you know, the transformation components as vibrant aging, right? So the guidance that I like to give patients is like, what can we do to improve and become a better version of ourselves? Because ideally in like my process is we should be getting better as we're growing and because there's always some form of healing that's taking place and everything again comes from balance and making self-preservation a priority. Self-preservation and self-care is the only way to get through all of our lives. And if we can start that when we're a little bit younger uh, and we can follow through with that as we're getting older, I think that's the key to longevity and health and happiness. I completely agree 100%. Dr. Claudia, I wish we could put out a PSA like every week or every month just for women to learn about the phases of their cycles and like everything else that they can sort of look towards and learn about their bodies before it becomes a health crisis. And, and that's a really good point. It does become a health crisis if you are lacking knowledge. Knowledge is power. So the more we learn about what's happening in our bodies and how certain things are extremely normal and if we um, help it along and if we can create that balance and that, you know, balance the yin and yang, we're going to be feeling vibrant for a very, very long time. Now, although we, you know, I, I believe in doing acupuncture and having acupuncture done to me, I know that there are a few pressure points that you can probably do to yourself to help something like calm your anxiety or, you know, make you feel a little bit more relaxed before bed. Are there points like that? Well, there's quite a few of them, but I will say this, you know, please make sure for anyone who's listening, if you do want to embark on some form of self-care with acupressure, please talk to a registered Chinese medicine practitioner, because even though it's very easy to use the points, it's not necessarily for everybody. I wish I could say it's a one size fits all. When I'm treating patients, I'm usually sending them home with their own set of self-acupressure points to use, again, for what their needs are. But I'll often say this is for you not for your partner, not for your son, not for your daughter. Like, please, this is just for you. So make sure that's, um, uh, that's done accordingly. The most common point that I find is very helpful with those fluctuations is on the midline of the body, on the conception vessel, known as REN12. And it's very easy to find if you were just simply to hold your hand up on the midline of your abdomen, just above your belly button, your four fingers above that would allow you to sort of hit that mark. And the reason why that's such a helpful point is because it really does 
carries all of the gene blood circulation to the reproductive area and it connects to the heart channel. And the heart represents our shen and our spirit and that's where calm should be coming from. And I think we all need to feel calm in this post-pandemic environment. And I feel like we all should benefit from, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and everything we discussed today. Julie, I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. If listeners want to learn more about you, how can they do that? Um, well, the best thing would be to try to uh, go ahead on uh, Instagram. You guys can find me on my Instagram handle, which is Chi Knows Best, and Chi is spelled Q-I. Um, and also on my website, um, ChiKnowsBest.com, I have several blogs and articles there that help to explain uh, Chinese medicine in everyday life and um, just a way of being able to sort of uh, expand that educational point to anyone and everyone who wants to learn. And I think everyone should go to your Instagram because it is fun. It's very informative. And I learned so much from you. So thank you for that. You can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Macchiella or my website, ClaudiaMacchiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.